Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Let's give it up for Jesus in this house. Come on. Good morning, Transformation Church. Happy Sunday. If I haven't got the chance to meet you, my name is Nate, and I get the honor and privilege to serve as the student's director here at Transformation Church. Yeah, come on. Let's go. But before I go any further, I wanted to give honor where honor is due, and that is for Pastor Brad and Ashley. Let's give it up for Pastor Brad and Ashley. I honor you guys. I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done in my life, and you just continue to call out and pour into me and mentor me, and I truly appreciate that. Like, I'm just so grateful that I have God place you into my life, and I appreciate that. So, uh, But I want to honor someone else as well, and that is my wife sitting in the front row. She's amazing, beautiful. My wife, Leah, she is a gangster. She has, she's doing her master's program right now, and a full-time nurse, and does a lot in the youth ministry, so she's she is amazing, and she never stops supporting me, and, you know, her walk with God, like, it, it, it pushes me to be better every day, and I'm just so grateful for you, Leah, and I love you uh, so much, so, but uh, I wanted to start today with a little story that some of y'all might know, uh, if you know me a little bit, uh, it's about my cousin Jordan, right? My cousin Jordan is like my best friend. Him and I grow, gr- have grown up since we were like little together, and uh, we're the same age. So Jordan and I, same age, we like a lot of the same things, right? Uh, me and my brothers recently got him obsessed with golf. So Jordan, if you're watching, you're welcome, uh, because <laughs> golf is amazing. He's obsessed now. So, but Jordan, him and I, when, our, when I got moved to California, I served in the Navy for almost seven years, and I got moved over to California in the year 2021. And Uh, Him and I started doing monthly Zoom calls, right? We were reading books, growing, uh, learning about life, learning about leadership. I was in leadership pipeline, as you see my jacket, right? And uh, we were having these Zoom calls, and I tried not to sprinkle Jesus in because, uh, because he wasn't a Christian, right? So, but leadership pipeline was like, if you... If you know someone that goes through leadership pipeline, you know that they go through leadership pipeline, right? You, they tell you there's so much God is doing. Like you can't contain it because God is just opening the scripture for you. It, so if you get a chance, sign up for leadership pipeline, uh, self, yeah, the tag, whatever. All right. So, but, um, so Jordan and I are having these monthly Zoom calls and I was sprinkling in Jesus and come September. So we started in March, come September, uh, it got to the point where God actually used me in a supernatural way to lead him to Christ. Right, so Jordan gave his life to Christ, uh, and and I was yeah, it's it's amazing, and like God used me in that supernatural way, and I say that because uh, when Pastor Brad and I were sitting down, kind of preparing the sermon, kind of talking through this, how I want to present this, I was like, or he asked me, he's like, when you first started those Zoom calls and you knew God was pulling you to share the gospel and sprinkle sprinkle that in there, uh, how did you feel? And I was just saying, like, huh. I didn't think this was a counseling session, but uh, I, I said, I felt unprepared, right? A lot of us can resonate with that. And then it was like in my mind, like, why did I feel unprepared? Because I rarely feel unprepared walking up to a stranger or paying for someone uh, behind me or saying, oh, Jesus loves you. Like, you're awesome. Like, you know, our God is amazing. But like Jordan, like someone who I knew, right? Someone who, I, who knew me. And I always felt unprepared. And I kind of thought about it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I felt like, he was going to not, not reject the message, but maybe he was going to reject the messenger. Maybe that's what kind of made me feel like I was 
unprepared because Jordan knew me. I don't know if you can relate, right, with, relate with this, but some of your family members, your sphere of influence work, they don't see you at church. They don't see church you, right? They know you. Like Jordan, like I said, Jordan and I grew up and we did a lot of things together that we shouldn't have done. And I don't need to go into all of it, uh, <laughs> but uh, he knew me. So I felt unprepared. Like I felt like he was going to reject, not necessarily reject the message because uh, the gospel of Jesus is the greatest news of all time. I just felt like he was going to reject the messenger. So I wanted to ask you a question. What's holding you back from sharing the hope of Jesus? What might be holding you back from sharing the hope of Jesus? We're going to go into three different things. And the first one was fear of rejection, which I kind of talked about, and of what others will think. What if others don't like me? What if I'm laughed at or called a Jesus freak, right? You're afraid you will lose friends or business opportunities? I know that's scary, but look what Jesus had to say about that. In Matthew 5, 11 through 12, it says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. So when we're, when we're persecuted, we're insulted, we're, when we're accused, we're blessed. Right? I'll go into more of that scripture um, later in the sermon. Uh, but the second thing is lack of knowledge might be holding us back. None of us feel like we're equipped to answer the tough questions, right? But if you're a Christian, you've probably heard the gospel many times. Like in Leadership Pipeline, I, I sat through church. I was serving. I was doing something. Like I knew. I, I heard Jesus, right? I knew the gospel, but I still felt unprepared, All right? Yet many of us still struggle to articulate it in a memorable and understandable way, even though we sit through church every Sunday. Or maybe it's apathy. Some of us just don't care much about lost people. I want to ask you, who in here doesn't care about lost people? I got, I got some laughs, laugh service, right? Yeah, yeah, like I, I figure no one would raise their hand, right? We would never say it out loud, right? But if you, we would never say it out loud, but our priorities in our lives reveal that we don't care at all. Our schedules are too busy to interact and engage with those who don't know Christ. We rarely even pray for the lost and broken in our neighborhoods, workplaces, and even in our families, right? In which we have an opportunity, 21 Days of Prayer is coming up in August where we come in uh, once, uh, once a day every 21 days for an hour when we pray uh, over what that prayer topic is that day and we'll worship. So we have that opportunity to step into that. So if that's what God is pulling you to do after this, by all means, like come out. It's, it's a great movement of God in prayer and everything. But no matter what's holding us back from sharing the gospel, dare I say, when you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, you speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Psalm 116.10, it says, I believe, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. The psalmist is saying there is a definite correlation between believing and actually speaking. Not even pain and affliction could stop you speaking if you believed. Telling someone who doesn't believe in the one true God that they're damned in hell forever that sounds pretty arrogant and harsh, right? Like, you walk up, tell someone, and be like, yo, chill, chill, bro. Like, relax, chill. Unless it's true. So telling someone that there's one religion, one God, Jesus is the Messiah. Telling someone that if you don't believe in God and Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, that you're going to go to hell and damnation forever that is the most loving thing you could ever tell someone in their life if it is a true statement, in which it is. 
So when you believe this gospel, you speak this gospel, as the psalmist would conclude. How many Alabama Roll Tide fans we got here? <laughs> I always go Southern when I say that. I don't know, I don't know why. Y'all probably, y'all get it, y'all get it. <laughs> How many Auburn War Eagle fans we got in here? Yeah, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Ty, I got you, bro, I got you. But I say those teams, disclaimer, I say those teams, because if you think you're in Florida right now, you're wrong. This is Southern Alabama. I might have a Florida driver's license, but we live in Alabama. This is not Florida, okay? So sorry if you're a Florida State, Florida LSU fan. Sorry. Alabama, all right? How many Steelers fans we got here? Come on, blacky yellow, blacky yellow. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come on, go Steelers. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Come on. Come on. My, my father-in-law is a huge Dolphins fan, and I got to see the Dolphins beat the Steelers last year uh, in Miami. But, uh, but you think the team is the greatest team of all, and you speak it. It's everywhere on you. Alabama, crimson tide, red on your hats, on your shirts, on your cups. It's annoying, <laughs> but it's everywhere. Am I wrong? So let me ask you, do we really believe in the gospel? Do we really believe in the good news of Jesus Christ? Because if we do, it demands that we do something with it. I'm going to go into uh, the main scripture that we're going to cover today, and that's the Great Commission. Some of y'all might have heard of it. In Matthew uh, 28, 16 through 20, it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because Jesus has this authority, we are therefore commanded to go. It's a command that we are to go. It's his authority that sends us. His authority that guides us when we're sent, and his authority that empowers us when we are doing what he's called us to do. The command is to make disciples, not merely converts or supporters of a cause. The idea behind the word disciples is of learners and or students. When it says make disciples, it reminds us that disciples are made. They're made Disciples are not spontaneously created at conversion. They are the product of a process involving other believers. So when God used me in a special way to lead my cousin Jordan to Christ, that's not disciple. He's not a disciple now. It was the year after that that we spent months on Zoom calls, on Bible studies, and telling him about the importance of tithing and getting involved in a Christian community and getting involved in his church and pushing him and talking about the gospel and continuously reminding him what the beauty of the gospel is, teaching him. That's a disciple. So I wanted to break down what a disciple is for y'all um, in, four, in four ways. A disciple is one who worships Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, obeys Jesus, and teaches others to do the same. I think a lot of us forget about that fourth one where we talk about teaches others to do the same. Because like Pastor Brad has talked about in the past couple weeks where it's like you get saved and you hold on until the good Lord takes us, right? And it's like, no, there's so much more to make a difference. We teach others to do the same. That's a disciple. And now there's a quote from uh, David Platt that I wanted to say, and I tried to kind of move it in a way where 
I was going to say it kind of in my words, but any time I tried to, it just didn't, like, just the way David Platt said it was just like, uh, it couldn't get any better, right? So David Platt said, I am not saying that we are ultimately sovereign on when disciples are made in any nation because God is sovereign over all. But our sovereign God has given us a specific goal, and it is crystal clear that he has commanded his people to make disciples over all the world. We are commanded to make disciples, although it's not up to us on when disciples are made because God is sovereign over that. He has given us a crystal clear command to make disciples over all the world. So as I brought up this great commissioning and making disciples, I want to talk about three key things to remember as we're walking out this great commissioning by Jesus as we share the gospel. The first thing is that we are way more interested in what we are for than what we are against. So don't hate me because I've, I've done this. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this but don't because I've definitely done this myself, and I probably still do it, right? Stop trying to hold non-believers to the standards that we hold other Christians. Standards that we don't even hold ourselves to, if we're being honest, right? <laughs> we want to be known what we're for rather than what we're against. We need to be far more concerned than the blood that was shed at the cross rather than the standards and behavior patterns and the morals of non-believers. And we, and we wonder why they rebel even more when we try to beat them over the head with the Bible. And uh, I like rap. Before I became a Christian, I listened to a lot of secular rap, right? I love rap. And uh, so I became a Christian, started listening to rap. Rap, Christian rap was cringy, but now it's not. It's, it's actually pretty dope. Uh, so if you need a playlist, we got a dope student's playlist for Christian rap. It's, it's great. Uh, and I was listening to a song that my friend sent me that I've listened to many times. And I guess three days ago, this verse, this line bar uh, hit me, right? Um, it, uh, it's the song King Jesus, and it has KB and no big deal in it, right? The, the line goes, people don't care about keeping Christ in your Christmas if they cannot see that there's Christ in the Christian. And I'm like, ooh, this, this wasn't even in there like three days ago. And I put, I'm like, ooh, that's good. And I was like, uh, that's, that's me. Like, this is me. So I had to put like really me into this. And I was like, I got to put that in there. But isn't that, isn't that the truth though? Like, we're so worried about keeping Christ in the Christmas and happy holidays and all, all that instead of not even worrying about keeping Christ in the Christian, not even showing who God has called us to be and just being Christ-like. And like I said, I've, fall, I've fallen into this too, so I'm preaching it myself. I'm, I'm getting convicted, right? So 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. There is so much to the idea of being an ambassador. An ambassador does not speak to please his audience, but the king who sent him. An ambassador does not speak on his own authority. His opinions or demands mean little. He simply says what he has been commissioned to say. But an ambassador is more than a messenger. He is also a representative. And the honor and reputation of his country are in his hands. Paul is saying that we are ambassadors of Christ. The honor and reputation of Christ is in our hands. And we're supposed to represent that out in the world. We are ambassadors. We represent Christ in every way. And then in Mark 16, 15, says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So that means we're supposed to be ambassadors to all creation, all the world. There's no special trip. 
just wherever you go, talk to people about me. That's what Jesus is saying, going to all the world, right? So whether that's the grocery store, school, a party, your work, and your homes at least, right? In your homes, a soccer game, baseball game, and I couldn't leave this one out, a golf course. A golf course, right? And I'm telling you, when Pastor Brad, like, when he preaches up here, he's a man. Like, he lives out what he preaches because uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, went golfing with this younger dude. And uh, he got, got paired with us. And at the end, we were like, oh, hey, yeah, good, good golfing with you. Like, take care, whatever. And Pastor Brad's like, oh, you can have Nate's number. And y'all can, y'all can like, reach in. Y'all can, I'm like... I didn't say it when he was there, but, you know, he, I gave him his number, and then afterwards I'm like, oh, you just giving out my number now? Like, is that, is that it? Like, you're just giving out my number. All right, cool. Uh, and, and then, and then uh, he said, we're going to be golfing with him a couple times, and he's going to be coming to Transformation Church. Amen. I said, oh, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. I was like, all right, I get it, I get it. Like, this man is always thinking about how to spread the gospel, and he is always an ambassador of Christ everywhere he goes. I'm telling you, it is amazing, and I'm, I'm that, I, I honor you in that, Pastor Brad. But a famous pastor, Bible teacher in the late 1800s and early 1900s by the name of Harry A. Harry a. Ironside says it best this way. This was a command. Interest in missions is not an elective in God's university of grace. It is something in which every disciple or Christian is expected to major. It's not an elective for us to share the gospel. It's not an elective for us to care for the lost. It's not an elective. It's our major. It's our command by Jesus Christ himself. It is our command. And what better way to share the gospel and be Christ-like in the community than on July 15th, we have Serve Day. Come on. Woo! Yeah. Churches all over the nation are getting together and serving the community. And we are serving Bellevue Middle School July 15th in a mighty way. You can scan the QR code, sign up, be there. We're going to have a bunch of students there because we're doing this thing called Tribal Wars and they get to earn points. But just getting there, if that's going to get them there, and that's important. Uh, so, um, so be there. Serve the community. Let's be ambassadors for Christ. Let's serve. 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 The second thing I wanted to go over was persecution follows proclamation. Persecution follows proclamation. For those who want a safe and comfortable life, stay away from Jesus. <laughs> if, you want to if you want a safe and comfortable life, stay away from Jesus. It's not easy. It's hard. These people don't want to be reached. Suffering will happen. Reaching the lost will come at a cost. There's always a cost that will come when you're reaching the lost. In John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Understanding this removes the false hope. Struggling Christians often hope for the day when they laugh at temptation. There will be victory after victory after victory on not giving in to temptation, right? We hope for that day. But we are promised struggle as long as we are in this world, yet their peace is in Jesus. Our peace is in Jesus. That's the beauty of the gospel, is that amidst all the struggle and pain, Jesus has overcome the world, and we have peace in Jesus. I want to go into uh, a little story about my time in the military. Uh, I, like I said, I started, was in the military for almost uh, seven years, and um, now I'm going to preface that. Being persecuted is nothing like our persecution here, 
sorry to say, is nothing like the persecution that other people feel in countries. I'm not minimizing the pain and struggle that you've gone through, but what I am saying is that we, we feel safe and comfortable over here, and we kind of tend to forget on families, mothers of three kids, dads of uh, single, like dads of two kids, like we forget that if they walk out their doors and proclaim Jesus, that they, their, their whole family's gone. They're killed, right? So I'm not saying what, I, what is anything way comparable to that, but I, I, I'm not saying either that what we do go through over here isn't real, right? So I want to preface that. But I was talking, in my military time, like, it's made of a wide variety of people in the military, if you didn't know that. So, uh... I was, a lot of times I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm a newer Christian, right? And so I'm like, yeah, Jesus. I love Jesus. Go, Jesus, right? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like doing it all. I'm, I'm for Jesus, right? Uh, and uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the people in the military have been church hurt. So they have been beaten over the head with a Bible by whether it's their parents, their friends, their grandparents. They've grown up with rules and rules. If you do one wrong thing, you're going to hell and all this stuff. Like, like uh, that's, that's what they go through. So what do hurt people do? Hurt people, right? So <laughs> I think I was the only Christian in my division at that point. And uh, so who did they attack? This guy, right? So um, constantly berated and scripture was manipulated. And I, I was pretty young in my faith. I would try to say some things that I probably wouldn't say now with the scripture. And, uh, and they manipulated it and made it like even worse. And I remember this one time. And uh, my mom's on the front row. She, I don't know if she remembers it, but I, I couldn't take it. In. I have pretty thick skin. I grew up with three other brothers. I, I, I got pretty thick skin, right? And, but there's this one time. It was so overwhelming. I don't, I don't do this, by the way. But I, re, I went out to my car, and I called my mom, and I'm like, hey, I need you to pray for me because, and I was like tearing up. I'm like, I can't do this right now. I can't. This is too much. I don't want this. And then we go back to Matthew 5, 11 through 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. You're saying I'm blessed because of that? <laughs> what? Like, but like, I don't want that. No. That's the blessing. I don't want that. I want that health and wealth, right? Right? I, I don't want that blessing, but that's what my, where my mind was, right? But it's not that they're supposed to be blessed. It's not that we're supposed to be, or going to be blessed. It's that we already are blessed. We think the blessing is on the other side of the pain and trouble. But I'm here to tell you that, you, that you're blessed in the middle of the pain and struggle. See yourself as God's child and heir to the throne in the middle of your pain and trouble. Not, not trying to look on the other side of it. You're blessed because you even know God. I had a Bible study with our students. We were talking about being blessed and everything. And they're like, oh, I got family, friends. You know, your clothes on your back, the food and shoes and all this stuff. I'm like, yes, that's blessed. But I, I brought up the idea. It's like you're blessed to even sit here in the presence of God, to know the beauty of Scripture, to, to read this and say, wow, that's, you're blessed because of that. that. That means you're blessed. Your pain is an indicator that you are blessed rather than a pathway to the blessing. So if we start looking at it that way, to know that in your struggle, in your, in your pain, God is going to use it for his glory. You are blessed in the middle of your pain and struggle. Stop trying to look on the other side of it because you're blessed in the middle of it because you got God in the middle of it. Like I said, God will use all the pain and struggle to his glory because the proper end is glory of God. Romans eleven thirty six, 
It says, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Since all things are from God, through God, and for God, it follows that he deserves all the glory forever, right? God's saving plan brings him great honor, praise, and glory forever. So this just kind of gave me a mind shift on when I was going through this is I was thinking about like salvations and like God's saving plan brings him glory. And it's like, yeah, we celebrate salvations and salvations is amazing. We celebrate every person being saved because that's one life going from hell and death and damnation forever to heaven and eternal worship with God. Thank you, Jesus. And that we have salvations. But we got to start thinking the salvation isn't about me. The salvation isn't about us. That's not what it is. Our salvation means that one more person gets to worship and praise God, which means God gets more glory because everything is made from him, for him, through him, are all things. To him be the glory forever. So if we start looking at it through that lens, God is getting more glory by as we make, the, as we make disciples, sharing the gospel, and people are being saved for God's glory, not for us, but for God's glory. Satan's strategies to stop the church will ultimately serve to spread the church, right? Because everything goes to the glory of God. That means Satan even bows down to the name of Jesus. Satan's strategies to inflict earthly pain in your life will ultimately serve to increase eternal glory with God. Some people say, you might have heard this, your greatest ministry comes from your greatest tragedy. Your greatest ministry comes from your greatest tragedy. And I've heard Pastor Brad say this multiple times, and he says Christians need to suffer better. So how do we, how do we show people that we're Christ-like in the midst of our suffering? Because like Paul said earlier, we're ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ in everything that we do, everywhere that we go. Everywhere, everything, grocery store, schools, work, family, everything. And everywhere we go, we represent Christ. That even means in restaurants. When our food comes out cold or the order is wrong or your waitress quits on you because Pastor Justin made the order way too, uh, <laughs> that seriously happened. Uh, it wasn't Pastor Justin's fault, but that's that funny. All right. Christians should be the one giving the biggest tips, showing the most grace and mercy. Come on. Let's do this. I know Pastor Brad talked about where he worked in the food industry. And I'm, I'm young, so I'm using a lot of Pastor Brad's. I'll, I'll get my own stories one day. you know. Uh, but he talks about how they used to play rock, paper, scissors, shoot to see who doesn't wait on the Christians after Sunday church. And it's like, is that really how people see us? Worried about Christ and the Christmas rather than Christ and Christian? And I say that to myself as well. I say that to myself as well. So some of us think that we need to beat someone in the head with the Bible, but you don't. You don't need to do that. You just need to tell how good it is for you. How good is the word, the beauty of the feet who deliver the good news? Tell them how good it was for you. We all have things that we love, and we aren't telling them how bad the others are. We're just telling them how good ours is, right? And I bring up family ties. 
If you haven't been to Family Ties, you need to go. Because Family Ties is amazing. And I like Family Ties wings. They're so good. I made a declaration a couple weeks ago because I love wings. Wings is like one of my favorite things. And I said, they have the best wings I've ever had in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I know. That's, that's a big, that's, that's big. But I said it. The creamy garlic parm with the hot drizzle and the fries with the parmesan on the fries. It's always steaming hot and crispy. And like, I'm closing my eyes because that's all I want to see right now. I'm taking my family this week. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. We had it like two days ago, too. I'm, oh, my gosh. All right. Y'all probably want it, right? Unless you don't like wings, you're, you're, that's crazy. You, like, I'll be praying for you. Come on. But y'all probably want that. I didn't tell you how bad Wingstop, B-dubs, or Beef O'Brady, like, they got good wings, too. I love all wings. But uh, I didn't tell you how bad they were. I just told you how good Family Ties wings were, right? It makes you want them. So let's start telling people how good the good news has been to us. We should feel as equally comfortable talking about our favorite place to eat or college football team as we talk about the gospel. Because the psalmist said, if you believe something, you speak it. So let me ask you one more time. Do we believe in the gospel? Do you, do I, do we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? The greatest love story of all time. The death, burial, and resurrection of the King of kings and the Lord of lords where death was defeated forever. In Jesus' name, we have an eternity in heaven now because God came down in the flesh to save us. If we truly do, let us start showing and telling the world the good news, the greatest news of all time. Let us start declaring it from the mountaintops and the valley lows. Over all the world, all the nations make disciples of all creation. And as we do that, we can see God start to do amazing things at our work, in our families, in our homes, in our communities as a whole, in the world, in Pensacola, in our nation. What do you say? Can we do that? Can we do that? Yeah. Who's in? Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Let me pray over you real quick. Dear Lord, I just thank you for everybody in this room right now. It is not by accident that everybody that's in this room in the exact seat that they're sitting in, God, that you have brought them here, Jesus. I pray that your, it is only by your grace that can open the hearts and minds of the people in the room, God. I pray that you use them as they leave today, God, that they want to know you more, want to know you deeper, and want to spread your word, the greatest news of all time, God. I pray today that anybody who's walked in with any fear, anxiety, doubt about sharing your good news, that they walk out in confidence knowing that they're called and they're fearfully, wonderfully made, that they have the King of kings and Lord of lords on their side. God, I pray that you just use them in mighty ways as they leave here today, God. Keep your, keeping your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and say, Nate, I want to share the greatest news of all time, but I don't even think I have ever given my life to Jesus and made him the Lord of my life, let alone 
I know about God, but I don't know God. Today, if that's you, he is ready to meet you right where you're at. If you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then pray this prayer with me. And this prayer, we got to remember, doesn't make us saved. The prayer just puts words to the actions of the heart that God has already moved in us. And everyone in this room will pray this prayer out loud with you so that no one feels singled out or left out. So if everyone will pray this prayer after me, dear Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Please forgive me of all my sins. Today I commit my life to you and I will live for you forever. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Let's give it up for everybody who said that for the first time. Come on. Woo! We celebrate you in every way. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.